Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, Reiki Master Teacher and author of a trilogy with the newest edition, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit showing us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but often a deep disconnect from our inner soul wisdom. Today we welcome Catherine Shainberg, author of The Kabbalah of Life, who is an internationally renowned transpersonal psychologist, lecturer, and author. The Kabbalah of Light integrates timeless wisdom with modern Western traditions to catalyze creative manifestation at all levels in all areas of our life. Catherine, as listeners, hello, Catherine, and, and thank you for hello. joining us. Hello. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> and I'm delighted to have you. Catherine, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my intuitive and creative guests and I share intimate stories that reveal we are spiritual beings having a physical life in order to refine our inner soul energy and improve human conditions by first recognizing our duality of spiritual and physical aspects so we can know ourselves better and answer the important questions many of us have had since childhood. Who are we? Where do we come from? And what is the purpose or scope of this life? In today's episode of Healing from Within, Catherine Shainberg shows us an approach and body of techniques using dreams, images, and inner gazing to communicate with our subconscious or unconscious and change our lives. Catherine, I always love to ask my amazing guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, event, or interest that may have shown them or others what they might pursue in their adult lives, as it seems to me the life plan and destiny is bestowed on the individual soul right from the beginning of this physical life. Now, we were just talking about that before the show started. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always knew since I was a tiny child what I was supposed to be doing, and I was actually doing the practices of my lineage, even though I didn't know the lineage, I didn't know the people, I wasn't connected, and it took me a long uh, journey of dreaming to find the lineage holder and I was a young child in London we then ended up in, in America and uh, I traveled all the way to Israel <laughs> through dreaming dreaming yes. telling me to go here and to go there and to do this and to and do that and I ended up at the doorstep of the lineage holder of the Kabbalah of Light and uh sat in front of her, not knowing she was a teacher, but there I was, <laughs> and uh, everything she taught me, I already knew. Yeah, you you were guided to her at the right time, but exactly. yes, as a child, I, I was the same. I, I followed those intuitive thoughts that came through me, and I said, oh, 
that sounds like a good idea. I think I can do that. And I went and did it, and I was always successful because we had guidance from spirit, from source. And right. we were sensitives, and we didn't know to question anything that felt right to us, but we did question what felt wrong. And we did stand up to some people who maybe wanted us to go in a different direction, but we knew <laughs> we knew we knew what we had to do. Yes. Yeah. So you 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 well, wrote it was very popular in my family <laughs> for me to be doing what I was doing. Oh, but it were there other up. people who were that way, intuitive like no. you? No, no, not in the family. They were very opposed to what I was doing. Um, you know, to leave uh, my family also. <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Oh, she'll grow out of this," <laughs> yeah. and I did for a while. But then it came back, and I started to explore metaphysics and science and energy and afterlife, and it, it was just my destiny. It just took a little longer than I thought. So let's go on to Catherine. You write this. Uh, I have always been fascinated by the subconscious. At first, I didn't know what the word meant, but I knew I was more interested in following what my imaginary friends were doing than what was happening around the dinner table. In fact, I saw no difference between the angels and fairies that populated my world and my little friends I played with in Hyde Park. It was my mother who persistently reminded me to pay attention to the real world and not to dream my life away. So <laughs> you described what mm -hmm. you knew and what you were part of and how they didn't realize at that point the value. And you also wrote, it took me years to understand that most people simply lived in the physical real world and paid scant attention to the other world. And yet, nowadays, so many films and series and television shows are so involved with this. It's like the writers and the artists and the musicians have so awakened to all this energy and awareness of our soul nature. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> it's beautiful. I think we're really entering into this new age and the veil is getting thinner. Yes. And so people are much more awake to it. Yeah. So it, it's really a time of great, great uh, um, stress and difficulty, but it is... But it's necessary. Yeah, yeah, necessary. Announcing a great new awakening and a new consciousness. I'm absolutely sure of that. Yes, I agree with you. What is the origin of Kabbalah of Light? Well, Kabbalah, Kabbalah means receiving, and and um, the 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 ancient Kabbalah is the one of inner gazing. You look inside, and the subconscious responds to whatever question you may have. So let's say that I meet you in a in a in a gathering, and I'm thinking, who is this person? I look inside, and puff, up comes a poppy. Mm. Well, the poppy telling me about Cheryl. And yeah. this is very uh, powerful because it doesn't talk to me. It reveals to me what my whole body and energetic system are understanding about the person that I'm meeting. Yes, and you, you feel uh, it. 
You you I know it. it. You sense but, it within yourself. But you also see it. And, and that's what the inner gazing is about. If it were a dark diagonal cut, cutting across my vision, then I know this is dangerous and I mm. should not be here, right? So the, the subconscious is, is answering my question immediately. Now, of course, many people are not awake to that kind of work, but with practice, it's very, it, it becomes very quickly accessible. Well, that's, yeah. that's, you used an important word with practice and consistency right. And, right. And, and wanting to be part of this energy. You write, the Kabbalists call this light the light of creation to differentiate it from the light of the sun. They say that God created with this light, but it was too strong in the beginning uh, for humanity to hold, and so it's shattered. Uh, Moses, you say, who was the greatest of biblical prophets, he had this clear mirror and was able to reflect the pure light of God within himself. And, um, yeah, it's very interesting. But when I meditate and do readings for people, and I go to this place, I raise my vibration, the first thing I see is light. And it's some, because, yeah. Because you're there. Because you are there. But I mean, people do not because, um, you know, it's like the ocean. We have garbage on the ocean today. And a it lot of people have it. garbage that are, that are blocking the, the natural flow of the, of the imagination. Um, once you clear the garbage, which can be very quick and very quickly done, um, they begin to see their soul, and the yeah. soul is filled with light and made of light. It's just beautiful to be in that light and know there are many souls supporting me and the work I do and the people I love and the world I want to see evolve in days to come, years, days however long mm-hmm. it takes, and, and that is the light. And you can feel it also. One day I was driving in the car, this is long ago, and all of a sudden it was like I was filled with this light and this joy and this peace and this sense of freedom. It was my soul connecting to this energy, call it of the universe, the divine God, spirit. It's many things. It's not one thing, and it's different for everybody. But it was a, an amazing connection, and it stays with me. I don't have to have it necessarily again, because it right. was so strong that I know it to be the truth. And it led me to my path, working as an intuitive and a healer and, and doing this radio show. So let's go on to something a little different. Uh-huh. You talk about two types of induction, the way that we can get to Sapphire or the ancient Kabbalah lineage that you belong to. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, if you look at uh, the work uh, that's out in, in the world, and uh, there's a lot of imagery, and it's visualization, what I call visualization, which means... You know, you walk down the path, you meet two angels, uh, 
uh, they, the, this one's going to give you a, a flower and that one's going to give you something else. And it's the, the guide tells you what to see. Um, sapphire imagery is, is not that at all. It's a jolt that pushes, let's say, the mental out of the way, opening a window so that you will see what's on the other side of the window. I'm not going to tell you. It's a little bit like a Zen koan in which, mm -hmm. uh, for example, hear the one hand clapping and your mind goes, one hand clapping, uh, doesn't work. And boom, you're into a visual image that you didn't expect. And that's what really reveals the subconscious to people. It's very fast and very effective. So they, they, we need to get our mental uh, constructs out of the way. They're, yes. they're blocking a lot of our, of our true, uh, you know, language, inner language that's trying to speak to us, trying to say to us, don't eat this cake, it's not good for you. Or don't go down this path, it's dangerous. Or don't do, or do this. Follow, follow that feeling that you have for this person. And we don't hear it because there are doubts in our Well, mind. we don't hear it because we're busy making up a story in our mind, in our ego, to deal with the stresses of the physical world. Now, we need both. We need the reality of the physical world, and we need this inner vision and awareness and what talks to us to also protect us. Both protect us so that we can fulfill our mission in this time and place and, and raise the vibration of our soul energy and, and be loving and harmonious and also help humanity. Humanity has struggled with misunderstanding why we're really having this physical life. And it struggled with it since the beginning of time. We still have war. We still have poverty, homelessness, and disease. And if we were working more from our inner wisdom, it would be better. Right? You know, the, the tower, if you look at, for example, the Tower of Marseille, um, the emperor, which is a conscious mind, is looking at the empress which is the subconscious mind, and they're looking lovingly at each other. So the conscious mind needs to look at the subconscious mind. I do my due diligence with the conscious mind, but then I have to turn in and ask the whole, the subconscious, is this the right way to go? And the subconscious is going to show us. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the, is the true work in which we need both conscious and subconscious. We need them to work together, not to work Absolutely. Together. Right. Absolutely. And it takes a while to come to the realization that this is possible. Once you do find it possible and you begin to work this way, you never can go backwards because you found the answer to what life is really all about and this duality of physical and spiritual life. So it's a great thing. Now, Catherine, go back to meeting your teacher, Colette Muscat. Okay. All right. Because the story is very interesting. Because you, I know you were supposed to meet her. Now tell oh, no, tell no, our no, listeners why. Not only that, but there's a big coincidence or connection. Tell us about it. Well, um, you know, I sat in front of her. I didn't know she was a teacher, and she said to me, "What do you want?" Which is something that the teacher does do in our lineage. What is your question? And I was 
totally amazed because what came out of my mouth had no sense at all in the um, physical circumstances that I was in. I said, tell me how images move people. Mm. And she looked at me for a moment in silence and she said, I've waited for you a long, long time. Mm. And that was the beginning of my training. Many months later, my aunt came to Israel and I took her, of course, to see my teacher. And um, I just said, my teacher, Colette, but she didn't know who Colette was. So anyway, she came, and we both went into Colette's house, and the two ladies went berserk. They fell into each other's arms and kissed and hugged, and then it turned out that uh, my mother, my aunt, and Colette had all gone to the same school in Algeria. <laughs> my mother lived across the, the street from Colette. Yeah, what are the odds of that happening if it wasn't spiritually guided? Not much. I mean, it's impossible. Uh, impossible, it's, yeah. Yeah, and there's more to the story, which uh, if you read the book, you'll find out, which is so amazing and, and astounding about the lineage yeah. of my mother's family and, and, my, and Colette's lineage. But I just wanted the audience to listen to that because my first book is Life is No Coincidence. Coincidences are little uh, miracles or guidance from above because they know us, each of us, and we have a life destiny and a path, and we're we're meeting with people and circumstances and situations that are in our let's say practice or program, and and it's amazing. So I love that story. I always have lots of coincidences with my esteemed guests, and I wanted us to talk about that for a moment. So let's go on to when did you begin your work with imagery, and tell us about some of the practices. Well, I mean, it's hard to say when I began, because I was doing that as a small child, and I always tell the story of the homeless lady that lived across the street from us, I was maybe four years old or five, and I would get up on the window, and I would wave her every night. And then I would surround her in my mind with blue light. There was a blue blanket that was going to keep her warm and safe for the night. And this was a ritual I did every night with her, and she would wave back at me, and she would sleep in the, in the vacant lot outside, and I would go to bed. But I was content because she was safe. What a beautiful soul you are to have <laughs> begun to help people that early, to have known that you, I don't know if you knew you had that gift to do that, but you did it anyhow. It just came naturally to you. It, it was just the way that I lived. So, yes, yeah. it was it was beautiful. Always there. Yeah, I, I remember I was very sensitive. I had a... Uh, well, you would call it special needs now, but uh, they were called retarded in that time. And I had a cousin like that. And I would see people, they'd walk by, they'd turn and they'd laugh. And I just couldn't understand because he was just my cousin. You know? And he was the way he was. And I didn't see anybody as too different. You know, like we have now identity politics and you have this group and that group. and that. I don't see people that way. I see people as just people who have feelings and emotions and needs. And I just want them to achieve their own 
well-being. Of course. Yes. And not only not only people, but animals. I mean, yes. just the idea that animals don't have feelings is astonishing to me. <laughs> they have so much feelings. They're very smart. And I kind of believe a lot of the animals that end up as pets in certain families are there mm-hmm. to help the individual needs of that family or the collective need of that family. Yeah, they're not there randomly either. That's, that's, oh, no. that's how I feel about it. Chosen. Oh. They chose their families. Everybody is being put like on a chessboard. <laughs> We're playing a game of life and growth. And and if we can find the right moves, we can have a really very wonderful life. You know, there's a movie. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful life. Remember that movie? It's a wonderful yeah. life. <laughs> I think so, of know, that a lot. To me, it's all uh, energetic shapes, energetic forms, and vibrations. Even though we're in a physical body, if you look into your body, it starts to to expand. And, to become like light, and so we fit into certain energetic vibrations, and so we meet our partners and our friends that way, right? And our mm-hmm. animals that way too. Excellent. And, yes, uh, we do. Plant friends also. Yes. So you talk about the conscious and the unconscious mind, and and people throughout history, like Aristotle. He said the soul never thinks without an image. So he was he was invested in energy and feelings within his body and the light that we talked about that illuminates our soul truths. And uh, there was also you also mentioned um, Einstein. What did he say? <laughs> oh, uh, that imagination encircles the world. Mm. So these and great. That- See, great thinkers throughout time have been able uh, to understand the need to go within to utilize our soul and connection to spirit and to energy, the universal energy of creation. Yeah. Today, uh, I think that that's what we are missing and that, um, you know, it's not in the culture today to be thinking imagination although it's coming back, and and I'm seeing it coming back. The more it comes back, the more we're going to be able to solve the problems that are uh, are existing today in the world. I mean, how are we going to solve climate change if we don't have the imagination, the generosity, and the true understanding that is needed? So we have to become co-creative. And the only way is really to look inside and to see what that incredible creative fountain inside of each one of us um, is going to tell us to do. Each one of us is important in this. Well, look at Steve Jobs. You know, he's no longer alive. But he worked completely from within. He was completely guided and destined to do the work he did. And people couldn't understand him. But, But there... These people who think out of the box and work like this, sometimes they're ostracized. But in fact, as we're growing more aware of this, we will come to recognize that all the great leaders have been inspired 
through the energy of the creative force of the divine and that has been their purpose to be here in this life to do what they do even though mm, they have challenges even jesus <laughs> the light was within him and, and he healed people and he uh, and he uh, downloaded information from source to guide him and he was you know they well, didn't what? they didn't treat him well no but they never do but it doesn't matter but what you said was so important is that he downloaded information from source yes and that is so much the truth that we are nothing but the vehicle for the source yes so if we if we are free and and flowing then that source can really manifest in the world so it's really getting and, out of the way really and feeling yeah and and Catherine, that's probably one of the best pieces of knowledge that anybody can absorb when they're here in a physical life that and knowing they're not alone they're guided right and they have to use their inner wisdom or you know couple that with imagination and follow downloading from angels guides teachers spiritual teachers whoever it doesn't matter each one of us has helpers and you That's say true. stop thinking and start imagining that's the same thing we're talking about, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's not that we have to be completely idiotic, stop thinking, but we really need to start getting the, the belief systems and, and aggressions and difficulties of our mind out of the way so we can hear this incredible creative uh, inner source that speaks to us all the time if we'll only listen. Yes. And once you start listening, it's hard not to listen because you you feel so good in meditation and in that state of quiet. If you listen to a little music, if you wash, walk by the ocean, if you sit, you know, down in a park near trees, if you go and close your eyes and just enter that state of silence, peace, oneness with all of life and the universe, there's nothing that can rival that in the physical world not for me anyhow and I don't think for too many other people so I want to thank you Catherine Shainberg author of the Kabbalah of Light for a complete and detailed book of becoming aware of the light within or the unconscious mind and connections to layers of life that inform encourage and guide us to illuminate the soul and live lives of manifesting that which is meaningful and purposeful. To learn more about igniting the imagination and allowing the soul to resonate fully, go to theschoolofimages.org. In summarizing today's episodes of Healing from Within, Catherine Chainberg, author of The Kabbalah of Light, begins a productive dialogue that can help readers tap into the inner world of energy and light to uncover their soul's purpose and manifest their dreams in the physical outer world of our human pursuits. Catherine writes, The sign of a creative mind is the leap the ability to find unexpected links between apparently disparate elements. 
There is nothing new under the sun, says Solomon, the wisest of men, but we can play with all the forms we do have. There is an inexhaustible cornucopia of possible new configurations. We often hear that many people can reason, but few are creative. Is that true? Creativity can be activated. The ability to know is a gift all men and women have, they've been endowed with, but most adults have lost. As children, we all have it. We play, we invent, full of joy and vivaciousness, until we are reined in by linear thinking. Now, as adults, how can we recover our lost joy? How do we open the floodgates of creativity? The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination, says Einstein, and he should know he saw himself riding a beam of light when he was a child. So Catherine and I would have you rediscover the wisdom of your childhood and the dreams and creation of love and beauty, kindness and hope that you could travel, view, touch, and see the world of physical beauty as well as the inner soul world of eternal infinite possibilities by quieting your physical senses dreaming sleeping meditating praying listening to quiet music and going within to the world of silence and knowingness i am cheryl glick reiki master energy teacher and author of the newest book in the trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening that we talked about today, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to read about and listen to my guests, authors, metaphysicians, scientists, spiritualists, medical professional energy workers, and those in the arts and music fields who search heaven and earth to know more about life here and beyond. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for listening.